Welcome to the Restoration Church podcast, Behind the Sermon, where we get to sit in on a conversation between our pastors and hear about what they're learning, what they're teaching, and what God is doing throughout our church. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, welcome to the Behind the Sermon podcast. My name is Pastor Jeremy. I'm Pastor Nate. And I'm Pastor Stephen. Could have had a little more enthusiasm, Stephen, but that's Stephen, believe in yourself. (laughs) Ah, it's me. I'm Pastor Stephen. There we go. That's right, you are. (laughs) (laughs) that's right (laughs) welcome everyone oh that's awesome how are you guys doing i'm really good steven how's the north uh it's cold it's it's really cold up here Mm. so we're fighting that yeah don't fight it just enjoy it just embrace it (laughs) yeah my daughters are enjoying it (laughs) i uh i like the fall season it it's too cold Already though, like night this morning, I've been going to the gym with Mike White. Shout out to my gym buddy, but um, it's miserable in the morning to yeah. leave at five thirty, and you want to wear shorts because you're gonna sweat later. This is the worst weather for trying to wake up early and do nice things for your health. Yeah, and then we sit here and we eat um, Halloween blondies what whatever those brownies are it's like a halloween party at the church so they're like hey you guys want any baked goods and <laughs> and they were the baked goods were out of this world right it was a <laughs> manifestation of god's glory <laughs> hallelujah like what even happened it's true it was really good yeah how'd sunday go for you pastor steven in bethlehem sunday was awesome uh we had new families come up, so that was great. And uh, feedback, they enjoyed their coming back. Awesome. Uh, they felt like home. Uh, kids wrote some notes uh, in the connection card, like, oh, that's this fun. is the best church. Uh, I love I love everything, so that was good. Yeah, that was, that's that's really good awesome. feedback. That's yeah. really awesome. Yeah, we had a good Sunday. It was a fun Sunday here in Dover with uh, Pastor Appreciation, which was fun. Yeah. Got some really sweet, sweet cards. One person made the comment, though, the table that they had set up, they were giving him a hard time that it looked more like, um, would you help fund these three funerals? Because <laughs> they were oh like the black Lord. and white pictures of us and baskets <laughs> where you can put stuff. <laughs> that was like one person was like, Give what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> wow um, but it was so nice I, people were so kind um, that's yeah, awesome it was a good yeah it was wonderful uh, you know I love when people tell us real things yeah right in the letters like this is how you help me to something you shared yeah. you, you know and that is um really such a blessing yeah it really is the thoughtful gifts and the gift cards and you know you just know people thought about it people care yeah and they're not treating it like a christian bookstore holiday <laughs> they right yeah it's a it's just a blessing it's such yeah, it really a is. it's a good thing and then, and then my kids are old enough that they know so they're like there is a gift that is shared with them and mm. so they're grateful and i'm like oh yeah this person Gave us this and this person yeah. gave us that. And we had, um, yeah, we had a little girl in the kids wing who's friends with our daughter, Eloise, 
write Eloise a card, which was just really cute. So he gave it to Eloise and it was like, I hope you have a fun day. But it was just like, I don't know why this is the highlight card for yeah. me that that they're they're writing it to even our family. Yeah. And uh, I know uh, I, I, what you said, like when people write real things, I, I'm going to send her a message too, but I know she listens all the time because she always messages you and I, but Amanda Knowles sent probably one of the best letters that I've ever read, like the most encouraging <laughs> letter awesome. that I've ever read. It was so thought out and honestly just like teared me up when I read it. So I love you, Amanda. And <laughs> yeah, amen. it was, it was a really, it was a really great letter, but uh, yeah, it was really fun. And uh, I liked I liked the sermon. I liked the message this week. I liked your uh, I liked your analogy that you had the the air canister. Yeah. I don't think anyone knew that existed. Oh, really? A lot of people around me are like, "What the heck is that? What's he doing? What's going on?" People. Some people told me they thought it was going to be helium, but that was yeah. that would have been a whole separate distraction, been, not right. to add to the point. But yeah, that's real O2 blast. That you can buy at Walgreens, CVS, Amazon. What is the... It's like for athletes, I think. That's how they're... It's like the new Gatorade. <laughs> oh, wow. So, yeah. Wow. So it's not like... And, and someone told me, too, they thought it was making the noise. Like... But no, it was real... Ox, it was a real can of... Ox, I should have... I just thought everybody knew what it was. So I should have explained it more. No, I think it was funny. Because right. I, I didn't... I knew when I saw it, I'm like, that looks like it's just a thing you breathe out of. Like, it literally was canned air. Mm-hmm. That was so good. He's yeah. always thoughtful. He always thinks through that stuff. I could go for some right now. I have to go to the stage. It's still up on stage. <laughs> <laughs> right before. Need some oxygen. I so think that- you should you should clear the thing next week while you preach. Hey, just for the info, this is real and you should just yeah. do it. The many questions. Let me say this. I had a joke prepared that if I, cause I was not feeling, I'm still a little bit not feeling well, Yeah. but if I started coughing during the message, I was going to grab the air and use it. <laughs> and then well, when I got to the end of the message, I was nearing the end. I'm like, I don't think I'm going to cough. Should I? And I'm in my mind, like, should I fake cough right. just so I can use my joke? But I want to be real, not not a show, right. not a performer. So I never, I didn't fake cough it's a healthy to make a balance. joke. Yeah, it's a healthy balance of entertainment and yeah, we go for the edutainment. It's feature. The, the point is not to laugh and have jokes. We just add that in because God's so good. The point is God. <laughs> that, That's a funny. That felt like a not complete thought. <laughs> it could not be complete. I don't yeah. know. No, that's great. Oh, boy. Uh, so, yeah, this one. Talk to me a little bit about this one, because this we branched. We branched out of Disney, which was fine. That wasn't the rule. Yeah, there's no always, Disney rule. There's no rule. I just used the Disney because they already made one that looked happy and switched to scary. So that wasn't, spoiler alert, we, we're not that creative. We didn't make that. Um, but what what stood out about this, this villain, this character? What made you think about that? I wanted to use Demetrius yeah. as a villain because I just thought no one, you know, gets the crowd against. He's protecting his business. Yeah. Like there's a lot to him. As a person, I wanted to use him last year, but it's like I, I don't want to. I don't want to force it. But whenever 
all of a sudden we had the revelation of Mr. O'Hare. Yeah. That was so perfect. Yeah, it really was. It was so perfect. And, um, yeah, so it was just waiting for uh, the right illustration yeah. for Demetria. Yeah, so good. I think, um, and I, I think that's always, for anyone, we talked about it a bunch in this series, but um, I, I love that we do start with that. We start with the villain in the Bible that we're trying to work through. It's never a forcing Ah, uh, but this video clip. Oh, we really want to hear "Let It Grow." Yeah, in well, the sermon series. I, you know what, I, what I wanted to use from that movie is "How Bad Can I Be." That's a song earlier in the movie yeah. where the Onceler's turning into a villain, right? And we can use him next year. Next year, yeah. But actually, we're not doing villains next year. We're doing sidekicks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just so we're not forcing. We we just don't want to force. So it right. feels like we did what, nine villains in the last two years? Yep. yep. And there's not that many Bible villains. Right. Um, other than just they all start looking the same. And this bad right. king killed a lot of people and rejected God. And so did this one and this one and this one and this one and right. this one. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And then we got to, you dive into the realm of, uh, you just pick people who are actually heroes, but they're one bad thing. And then it's trudging on very yeah. scary territory like we, King David. The point is to <laughs> preach scripture, right. not to have this illustration. So the right. villain series, we talk, you've, if you've grown up in church, you've heard about this all the time. The message doesn't change, the methods do. Right. Villains mm. is a method. We used it two years, method over, switch to sidekicks. <laughs> yeah. it, it's over. And so we, yeah, we... We could probably have done it another year, but I don't want to be grasping at straws. Right. I want it. I want it to support scripture. Yeah. And yeah. So. Yeah, I think there's also the danger of of we don't want the idea of doing villains to become like the thing we think is always going to work. Too. You know right. what I mean? Like it's it's a fun idea. It makes for a fun service, but like sidekicks is going to be a whole other realm to search through, but a whole other kind of, of theming and a whole other kind of like, right. Oh, this is a fun way we can do it as well. And that's probably a one-off year. It's the same idea. We're going to take a sidekick from cinema or TV yep. and one of the sidekicks from the Bible. Um, I can't think of one off hand. We anyway, we had a long list of them, but yeah. Yeah, that would be good because it's just you that the kind of the sidekicks from the scripture, you're you're only talking about them in passing because mm. they're a lesser part of the story. So mm. I think I think Jonathan is one. David and Jonathan. Yes. So yeah. Jonathan's yep. a sidekick, Saul's son, friend of David, and we don't too. I mean, I've heard sermons on Jonathan, but usually it's a sermon on David. Jonathan's referenced on. Right. So, yeah, it'll be good. A lot of character studies. Yeah, that'll be really fun. So you went through, I think one of your, one of your biggest first points, you went through Christianity disrupting economies, right? So we compared O'Hare, the tree coming in, something good that, I forget the main character's name, Mr. O'Hare? No, the good guy. Oh, Ted Wiggins. Ted Wiggins, uh, with the help of his grandmother, Betty White. 
Um, I, I hate, I hate making pop culture references knowing pastor Stevens just doesn't understand why I was specific about the grandmother's name. It's just a funny thing. Um, it's fine. I forgive you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but he's just trying to do something that's ultimately good, right? Ultimately there's smog in the air. He's just trying to plant a seed that will create oxygen, cleaner air, and now it's disrupting. So now then you went into how that looks for Christianity. Well, he started off, his motivation was to impress that girl. Right. They, like kisses him at the end. So he had the seed to impress her. And then Mr. O'Hare is trying to steal the seed, kill him. And then right. he realizes he's now has a purpose. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me about like- Christianity disrupts. It yeah. disrupts economies. It disrupts religions. It disrupts our lives. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a, it's not an add on. Right. We don't just, I live my whole life and now I have a cross around my like necklace to, <laughs> and I've got that part of my life as well. Right. No, it becomes, it becomes everything. Yeah. And you know, we could probably all think of a scripture that connects to that, but to live as Christ, to die as gain, pick mm-hmm. up your cross and follow me. Um, what's another one? Um, mm-hmm. Obedience is, is better so than sacrifice. He's so fast. Anytime so, you put on the spot, I, I think I just want to be like, I don't know, I don't read my Bible. <laughs> 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 Which I do, but in comparison to your, your spewing, I'm like, dang it. Dang it, dang it. No, it's like he already has the thought and then he's like putting us in the yeah, spot. He's, just, <laughs> he's like, reading I, notes, everyone. He wrote those down. I've had I'm just kidding. Half a second to think about it. So I did have, have a rolling head start. <laughs> but Christianity, it is, you know, and we always, well, I wouldn't say always, but but America tries to pressure us into having this safe Christianity. Mm. Oh, you shouldn't share your faith with people. You shouldn't yeah. read your Bible in public. You shouldn't tell other um, other countries and other cultures about you shouldn't do mission trips. Yeah. You shouldn't um, tell people what sin is. And it's always trying to yeah. essentially neuter it or mm. to, we would say candy coat it is another way or water yeah. it down. It's always that pressure. But candy coating, in a lot of ways, like we use that as a negative illustration, but it's a positive. It keeps your Tylenol from burning a hole through your stomach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, but... Um, but candy the, coating is like faking. Right, yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's you're trying to make... Like as if the truth about Christianity is too harsh, right. you know, a sugarcoat is another like, yeah. you know, make it look nicer. Don't, don't go for the hard truth. Make it look nicer. Right. That type of. Yeah. Trick of people idea. into following it. Like giving pills to your dog. <laughs> right. Trick them into swallowing it. Right. You can't trick people into heaven. They either have saving faith or they don't. Mm. And that's their decision. You can't trick them. Yeah, I think. And you took. Yeah, you, you Pastor Stephen, sorry. And you told you you mentioned that exactly on the when you preach, like the only way to heaven is Jesus. Uh, 
there's no tricks or like even if you have things that you right now it, it will get you to heaven there's no no way mm. there's only way that and his name is Jesus and i loved how you emphasis on that like hey there is only one way mm. and his name is Jesus so the one thing is like jewish people the jewish faith we do believe in the same god which always always a little bit interesting yeah. it's not like all these other religions where we believe in different gods well the jewish faith and christian faith we have the we believe in the same father god yeah but you don't have salvation through faith in god mm-hmm. or through religious activity in god and so even for jewish people who know god believe in god worship god unless mm-hmm. they put their trust in jesus there's right. no salvation yeah yeah it's which is such an interesting cuz I still try and work through the current Jewish faith and, and how it has, it's evolved in such a way that I don't understand it the same. Like it, they don't, they don't read like the old Testament Jewish people anymore. Right. There's no, there's no blood sacrifice as far as I can. Because they have no temple. Right. So it's like a very interesting, it's a, it's a sad outcome for them at this point to still be waiting for the Messiah for the first time, <laughs> still waiting yeah. for the first Messiah. And yeah, it, it is such an interesting, there's, there's a really good, um, a book I had read that was a, a, a rabbi that became a Christian. And he talked about his, his heartbreaking for how Christianity, we, we don't reach the Jewish community because it's like, well, they serve the same God as us, right? but they need Jesus just as much. That's just total tangent, but just the idea that we, we, you talk about, hey, dis, you know, all these deceiving spirits when you're worshiping yeah. these other religions, but there is one religion that has the partial and we're not even trying to reach that community. I, and I mean, we isn't like the full, the full church. Right. Like there's not a large movement of trying to reach Jewish people to understand that Jesus is real. Yeah, I would say, yeah. yeah. I mean, there are missionaries to Israel and yeah. missionaries to different um, groups of Jewish people. Mm. But I would say that, anyway, this is probably not true at all, but I feel like there are more Christians trying to be Jewish than there are <laughs> Christians trying to reach Jewish people. Mm. Hmm. What, do you, what do you think, what do you think that looks thought. like? What when they well when they they just are trying they're adopting all of these Old Testament practices and right. laws and rules that yeah. clearly says in the New Testament we're free from these yeah. things. That's true. Yeah, and yet they're adding all these things. So yeah, we're we we have Jesus. We don't need Jewish tradition in order right. to then secure our salvation we've got jesus we are saved don't the the only thing i think through is i think well absolutely you're right that our salvation you're <coughs> it's still referring to the same thing the only way to heaven is that i do think that there's a lot of the the positive end of the jewish faith <laughs> sorry we have rolly chairs that are allowed to move in um like the celebration of the feast like we even talk about that like we talk about even the Sabbath and and those things that we still 
it's the, it's the salvation through those things are not true. Like we don't get salvation from the Sabbath. We don't get salvation from, um, Rosh Hashanah or something like that. But, but, (laughs) the the focus from within them is something to remind us of, of a beautiful thing that God's done. So like, I think those things are really interesting. Honestly, I've been trying to read more about them because that's something I've completely just never learned about in my life. Um, but you're right. Like the rules and stuff, that's that totally different. But um, tangent back to the disrupting, I had read through like one of the big reasons, and it's hard to take it in the context of like how the scripture was being written because a lot of how we read Acts, I feel like in our day and age, some of the stuff that the church was doing was absolutely insane back then, but seems like common sense to us now. And one of the ones that I heard of like how it was disrupting the Roman culture when Christians were there was um, the, the way that they cared for those lesser than them. Rome had a very like care for the men because they could be soldiers or income. Uh, the women who are married, they're useful because they're married. The widows are useless. The poor, they're useless. Uh, and all this other, we don't care about them. They go away. We, we ignore them or we throw them in jail. And all of a sudden the Christian community is like the wealthy gives part of his income to take care of a widow and yeah. all this stuff that's like, wait, that's the opposite of what the Roman culture was doing yep. and how it was disrupting like all of that. And I think it ties into now of, no, we don't need to be quiet in our faith. We don't need to, we're, we're loud because we, all the things that America stands on was founded by the church. Everything we're proud of, of the way we treat people, the way our economy is, all that stuff like that came from a Christian viewpoint on life. Cause you read Acts and it just, Oh, that makes sense. Right. But that was mm-hmm. a pretty big deal back then. Yeah. Yeah. In India, uh, not the whole India, but like how we grew up, it's kind of like, uh, if you notice, like we don't wear, ornaments like my wife does not wear ornaments my parents don't so part of that was kind of like segregating people like poor people from rich people hmm. so like the rich people said you know what there is there shouldn't be a discrimination between us and the poor people so we left everything so the rich people gave all their goals and left all the stuff Interesting. so that there shouldn't be a discrimination when people look at people, you know, so. And that was a movement within the, within Christianity in India? Yeah, within the Christianity. So, so that's why like, even us, like even till today, my parents don't wear any jewelries and our church as a whole don't wear any, any jewelry because when they, (coughs) when they were upbringing, when this moment started in India, they didn't want anyone segregating because of the caste system uh, because of all the other religion didn't accept like the poor people mm. coming in. So they said, all right, we don't, we are going to leave everything behind all the gold or the jewelries or all the stuff so that there shouldn't be like people should viewed equally. That's so interesting. And then later it became a norm, like kind of how we were talking about, like it became like, all right, if you, you shouldn't be wearing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was not the goal. It was just, hey, let's 
Per usual, we can always take things just right. a little too far. <laughs> we, I know, we, right? We have a very good ability to do that. Um, yeah. I, yeah, that's really interesting. I think one, one thing that was really interesting too that you were sharing was a lot of the disrupting of families because you talked a little bit about that. I have a personal experience with that of, of family members calling me on the day of my baptism being like, why are you doing this? Stop. Don't mm. do this. And having that awkward time of like, I, I'm gonna, I'm sorry, you know? And, and uh, mm. so that resonated a lot when you were sharing that. And like, that's, that was such a sad story you shared of the daughter who was freed from all that and just pulled back down. And I just wonder how, how many people would struggle with that. I think that is a hard, really hard dynamic. Um, if, if you think through someone walking through that dynamic, like what's your, what's your advice for someone who might be going through that still? Like it's one thing to hear the story, but we heard one, one sad story of kind of someone being pulled back out. Yeah. Um, and I mean, so if someone's going through that, that happened, that happened pretty recently and uh, it's too, it's pretty recent. So I'll try to stop. I'm not going to share too much detail, but there was a teenager who's been coming to, to church for a year and wanted to follow Jesus. And their statement was, I, I want to be a Christian, but my mom hates Christians and I don't know what to do. So they, that's their real life. My mom hates Christians. Right. I'm about to become one. <laughs> and, and feeling like a big hesitancy to, yeah. I know I want this, but how do I become someone my mom hates? Right. So that's a legitimate and that, you know, certainly in other countries, right? Water baptism means you're excommunicated. Yeah. You're, you could lose your life if you're, mm. yeah. you get water baptized and you get caught. It could mean your, your dad kills you. Um, and so, yeah, to live as Christ, to die as gain. Yeah. To, Pick up your cross and follow him. What are you going to, you have to make that choice. Right. There's only one salvation and it could cost you everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you even think through just at that point becomes such a, it's a battle within the family, but it's such a spiritual battle to, to where you're compromising on that. Well, you you have the opportunity to be that light for the person who has misconceived, like, like construed, thoughts of what Christianity is. And now all of a yeah. sudden, you know, in your home, you can be just proving them wrong back and forth of how Christians act and how Christians talk. I think through, um, I was just listening to a podcast with him, but Lee Strobel, like the whole reason he became a Christian is because his wife became one first. And he was like, all I got to do is prove her wrong and yeah. she'll snap out of it. And then he ends up proving her right in his own, you know, it, really scientifically <laughs> proving her right. And, and all that, everything that's happened to him since just because his wife remained in the faith mm -hmm. and working through, like, I think those stories are helpful. When you, if you make a big change in your life, people are going to try to bring you back to their level. Yeah. So if you're 400 pounds and you start losing weight, people are going to put pressure on you. Like, Oh, quit oh, starving you're, yourself. Yeah. Quit start. You're, you're, you look fine the way you are. And yeah. um, if you start to 
like I remember, I remember this happened to me. Um, I was at a pastor's event and they say, what do you want to be in the future? And I wrote down on my piece of paper, a millionaire. And so all the pastors are making fun of me. You don't make money in ministry. Look at this guy. I'm going to be a millionaire. (laughs) (laughs) And I just let them have their jokes. Like it was fine. Like I wasn't offended by it, but I was honestly a little bit sad because they're like, it doesn't matter what we make if we just would invest. (laughs) Right. If we could do a little bit of investment, make a couple, you know, most everybody there owns a house. A couple of them. I mean, there was a few that lived in parsonages, so that probably makes it a little bit a little bit harder. Um, so they're underpaid, and because they're living, yeah, uh, yeah. So you know that can be tough. Um, but but it's possible for every single one of us. Yeah. And so it's not that hard to become a millionaire, especially in this culture. Like a millionaire right, right now, it seems like an enormous amount of money and we could never become that. But yeah. the way inflation is. Right. And what's, there's a statistic too, the average millionaire. Um, I don't remember what they make, but the average job a millionaire has is like a teacher, which we all think is like the brokest of the broke professions. Yeah. Like, well, they're buying all their stuff for their kids. They're doing all this, but apparently the average is a millionaire well, right across t- America. Many moons ago, many moons. I told, I told uh, this podcast, New Age, turn it off. <laughs> um, the um, I, I, but I preached about the UNH librarian. He was a librarian at UNH. Yeah. his whole life. When he died, he left six and a half million dollars to the college. To the college. To the college. What? <laughs> wow. I think six and a half, five and a half, six and a half. Wow. But he was just a librarian. It was not like making bank right. as a librarian. Yeah. He just lived in his means and invest yeah. and put into his retirement. Wow. And <laughs> it was like, just stop making all these, ex- we have to stop making all these excuses. Yeah. Um, we can do it with a little bit of diligence and a little bit of wisdom and yeah. a little bit of faith. Yeah. So <laughs> I went a little bit off. <laughs> anyway. I love what pastors. you said too. Like uh, you mentioned, when you start to live pure opportunities, to sin will show up on the red carpet. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, even like the stuff that you guys were talking through, like I, I know a lot of Muslim friends and Hindu friends who converted to Christianity and face a lot of persecution within the family. Mm. You know, like, hey we are going to kill you. We're going to kill your wife. You're going to take your, take your child. You know, we'll follow you wherever you go. And they do, right? They do. They're not joking around. But, you know, like it costs people life. And when you, and I, I have, I know people who stayed faithful and not being scared and the people that were behind them got converted as well. Mm, yeah. You know, so that is, those stories are powerful. Like when we stay in the path that God has and not be worried and not get scared, God will turn the hard hearts into like, you know, soft ones. Yeah. To glorify God. So 
And again, like the sin is the opportunities to quit, the opportunities to go back to Hinduism or like Muslim, you know, it's there because their life is threatened, their marriage, their right. kids, but, you know, still they, they fight for it, you know. Yeah. The, the promise of, I think, of safety, comfort, wealth, if you bow down to something other than Jesus mm. is always there. And that yeah. can be a self-preservation. But also on the flip side, on, well, to look at it another way, the, I think when you determine in your heart, I'm going to be a, a godly husband and I'm going to be a godly man, then all of a sudden you're going to have opportunity for a fair or for, you know, or for, as a, for single guys for one night stands or for females as well that were, that never showed up before, yeah. but now all of a sudden, and I've heard stories. Oh, what's the one I heard recently, but I've heard lots of stories over the years of demonic spirits saying to a pastor, like I'm, I'm coming for you. And then, and then, you know, a couple of weeks later, it's this <coughs> gorgeous lady essentially throwing herself, mm. like making sexual advances. And, oh, where did I just hear that? I mean, just in the, maybe it was in Cuba, but it was just in the last few weeks that that happened. Jeremy's looking for a drink. Uh, Don't stop coughing. Stop. So what are some of the ways that people can protect that, Pastor Nate? Like, so... <laughs> when you know these things are coming up or like even with that, sometimes you don't even notice if you're not watchful, right? It's, it's. Yeah. It's subtle, if you don't notice move. because it, it's right. It's a subtle, I'm going to, man, Jesus, I'm giving you my life. I'm going to follow you. And oh, sweet. They just offered me time and a half to work on Sundays. <laughs> yeah. and so you don't even realize yeah, it's, 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 so it's like, wow, what a blessing. I tithed and I now I have time and a half on Sundays. And so now you're out of church for the next year and a half. And what right. happens to your soul? It shrivels up and dies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so true. And, and, and so the, yeah, that blessing, God, I give you my whole heart, my whole relationship and everything. Oh my word. The sweetest non-Christian guy just asked me on a date. We're getting married. I'm like, wait, he's not a Christian. Yeah. No, God sent him. Wait a minute. Why? Yeah. And it's always like so many times. I can change him. It's a blessing. <laughs> it's a blessing. We see it as a blessing, and right. it was not a blessing. It yeah. was a distraction. Yeah. Or I was, I was praying for a car, and I just got one, and my payments twelve hundred dollars a month. Yeah. It's my dream car. God really, and like, wait a minute. Like, <laughs> it was yeah. always that. Yeah. like subtle and we cheer it on. Like we're so excited for it um, because we, maybe we don't even realize yeah. that it was a trap. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, it's so funny when you put it in that context, cause you see it a lot. And to me it's, it is, there is a simple, God, I'm, I'm, I'm giving my life to you in this way. And it's almost like, obviously, God's not putting a distraction up for us. 
but which we're going to even talk about next year, the idea of tests and the idea of like what kind of, what are biblical. It's that idea of like, I'm so excited. Show me right now. And they're like, no, <laughs> like, no, thank you. Yeah, actually, this seemed pretty good. I was bluffing. That's what I feel like a lot of the times, like I want to give, you know, I want to give a tie to you, give it blessing. Perfect. I stopped tithing and, and stopped working through it. And this test of like, all right, this is going to come through. It'll make you stronger. It'll help you, you know, see my glory and all that. And then we just always fall into, not always, we have that temptation to fall back on what we just told God we wanted yeah. to do. Yeah. I just find that interesting that it is normally what we're saying we're giving to him. That temptation, I feel like a lot of a lot of the times the temptation comes back on what we were just like, God, this is yours. Then we have the opportunity to prove it to ourselves and and to show God that we that we mean what we say and and that's where that's where the temptation lies, you know. And it means crafty. Yeah. He's set up this artificial world that he wants us to stay living in. Yeah. Fake trees, fake grass. Don't look outside. Don't look at outside the walls of what I've given you. Yeah. You don't need to look at Jesus. You don't need to consider God. You don't need to go to church. Right. Don't go over there. Don't go over there. You stay yeah. right here. Here's some more air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so good. That's so true. And and so and not only that, but it's um oh you you made me think of it when you were saying it. The the lie of uh when you're trading eternity for what the enemy is offering here is the part that if you, if we could just, and I'm talking to myself too, keep that in our focus, you know what I mean? Like that idea, it's, it's, it's not, it's not a good life here or a bad life here. The end, right? That's not what right. salvation is. You're trading your comfort now for eternity. Right. And so those tests that seem like, well, it's just too hard. Everyone's making fun of me because I'm a Christian or everyone, you know, you know, this girl wants to sleep with me, like whatever you're, you're talking through, like whatever might be the thing that you're compromising on. Like, okay, well that's just right here. And how do we keep a eternity focused approach to our faith? Yeah. I think that's just really hard. It's hard for me. It's hard. I think for a lot of people, because we're used to living like this, like in a time, in a numbered life you know so i think that's that's probably the bigger struggle is to keep that focus Hmm. the one thing the one thing i thought was funny in your in your uh video i'm just going i'm scrolling through your notes so i saw the video i loved how let it grow didn't quite have a connection to the message like it did but it didn't it was just like we got a little more time. And it's like, we all have a choice, just like they did. And then we watched the video. I just thought it was really funny. But it's, that's like the big part of the movie. So it makes sense. We should put it in there. Well, we were talking about what was the lead into that. You have um, things that you're feeling God wants to do. And are you going to allow him to do that? Yeah. Or are you going to bail out on it? And... I, you know, I, hold on, I'm opened up my notes too. Yeah. 
and I'm not. Yeah, saying that was the um, the story of the the witch mom and the alcoholic parents yep. who didn't want their kids to change. And that happens within Christianity too. I don't want my kid to be a missionary. I don't want my kid yeah. to go to be a pastor. I don't want them. They're you know they're giving their money. But, you know my teenagers tithing. I don't want them doing that. My yeah. they're sharing their faith to to their family, and it's causing all these problems. I don't want them to do that. Like yeah. and and so our our kids, our teenagers, um, our spouse. They're growing in their relationship with God. We're trying everything we can to snuff it out and to slow right. it down. Like, what do you mean? Uh, oh, oh, I just thought of another one. Um, number, number of years ago, the wife gets saved. She stops partying. And the husband's like, well, this is not how I married. Yeah, I like the party girl. Wow. I like drinking on the weekends. I yeah. I don't like this. I don't like her. Yeah. And so hard. He attended church too. Yeah. But so we don't yeah, like when I, God no, changes I like us. The surface level. Yeah. <laughs> I like the idea of it. But now you're practicing it. I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah. I like when we go to church a couple times a month. I don't like it when we go every week. Mm. And that was the no, let let God's work grow in other people's lives. Yeah. Don't try to snuff it out. Which I, honestly is something I deal with with my own kids. Um <laughs> trying not to snuff it out. Like yeah. like you're trying to figure out how to how to do it. Most of the stuff they do I feel uncomfortable with. <laughs> so I think about most of their live videos that they've done, I've told them no for like two months before I'm finally like Okay, fine. You can do it, and then they, then they, then people donate so much money to them, and I'm so embarrassed. I'm like, God, I shouldn't have tried. I, I need to get out of the way and just let them follow yeah. you. And it's so hard though. It's nonstop. I mean, because I end up feeling embarrassed, or I feel nervous, or it doesn't work. But I have to get out of the way and let right. them pursue God. Right. Pastor Nate, would you do differently if you you were not a pastor? Um, is it because you're pastoring a church that you feel that way, or is it just like? No, it, well, I don't know. It's hard to separate it. I want to be private. I don't want to require. I don't like requiring stuff of people. Um, or like feeling like people are having pressure put on them. Mm. Right. So I think that's more a, per, a Nate Gagney personality thing than yeah. a, because I'm a pastor. Yeah. Yeah. That is hard though. Cause like, yeah, you're, you need to let them figure that out. And honestly, all your boys, especially with those things, the live streams and all that, like their hearts are, their hearts are right for it, right? They're not. Yeah, they're not doing it for any accolades. They yeah. just, no, this is what God told us to do. Right. And then I'm like that serpent. Did God really say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you get to play the role. And I'm not trying to play it. Right. I'm just like. No, but it happens. It, right? Yeah, I yeah, I have my own. I got to let it grow. Yeah. I've got to let God do in their life what they're doing and not be the one who stops it. Yeah. Mm. 
I, yeah, I remember uh, it's on a smaller scale, but just the idea of like a child's faith and your own personal feelings with, with Levi, our three-year-old, whenever he is hurt, even if he gets a bandaid, he's like, we go pray for it. We go pray for it. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel silly. Like I'm like, we're going to pray for his boo-boo or whatever. But it's just something he, he wants to believe. Like, and it's a faith thing that he's getting at three yeah. from us reading the little Bible stories. And we know God heals. And when, when other people are really sick, we, we pray. And so he asks that. And it's like, it's silly in the moment in the car. I got to reach, reach back and hold his foot and pray with him. But, but those moments are like good, big for them. You know right. what I mean? It's a big moment for him of like my, my dad and I pray whenever I'm scared or in pain, you know, like, but he's leading that. Cause I'm not going to be like, he gets a splinter. I'm like, let's pray right now in the name of Jesus. This would remove itself from my son. Like <laughs> I just, that's not how I am, <laughs> but, but it's how he wants to be. He wants to pray yeah. and, and trust God for that. And, and so, you could easily kill that. Buddy, yeah. we don't pray about, we're not going to bother God with this. <laughs> right. And yeah. it's not a bother to God right. at all, but it's a but And then we in his feel. 30s, he, he's having whatever marital issues. He's like, I'm not, I don't want to bother God with, with my problems. Yeah. Like then I've accidentally not just snuffed it out, but I've created a whole new realm yeah. of problems. Uh-huh. So and I'm trying to, I've got enough problems I'm creating. I'm trying to create, I'm not trying to create those ones. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Let it grow. So it was deliberate clip there, Jeremy. That's my point. Sorry. I apologize. <laughs> Look at this whole last 10 minutes of talking was based off of a clip I thought was funny. Yeah, well, it certainly was. You greedy dirtbag. <laughs> That's the word. Like, I don't get that part in the song. It's not even in the key. It's so funny. No, yeah. You greedy dirtbag. Uh, so good. Yeah, that's so yeah, we ended our villain series. We finished it. We're, yep. Finished it. Finished it. It'll come back eventually. Yeah. <laughs> when we're ready. Once <laughs> I don't know what I was going to do. We're going to do sidekicks. We're going to do heroes for a couple of years probably and then maybe another round of villains. Yeah. So we got sermon series here scheduled out for 4 next years year. at least. Yep. <laughs> what series are we starting next week, Pastor Nate? Uh, we're back into like Jesus to close yes, out the year. However yeah. uh, many, are we eight weeks left at the end of the year? We got eight weeks of like Jesus. Yes. Yep. It's going to be fun. Bringing cr- it to yeah, a close. Christmas Eve continues that. That's a, that's a like Jesus sermon. Yep. I believe. Yeah. Well, Christmas um, Eve could, well, yeah, we'll see what it is on, on a Sunday morning. Yeah, Christmas Eve on I Sunday so. morning. I picked a lot of songs regarding what you wrote in your notes, so we'll find out what happens. All right, I've been looking at my notes. Remember what I wrote. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm excited to close out the year with this. Um, yeah, so. what a year! Started with like Jesus, ending with like Jesus. Hopefully, as a church, we and are as individuals, we are more like Jesus. I think yeah. I am. Going to do a self assessment. I, I think I'm more like Jesus than when the year started, which is a great thing yeah. to be following Jesus now for. 37 years mm. and to still be, be and, and I can say, yeah, I'm, I'm becoming more like him. Yeah. Mm. As a husband, as a dad, as a mm. pastor, as a man, I'm more like him today than I was a month ago. Yeah. And so good. 
it's small incremental changes. So let's just keep on it. Yeah. Changing, becoming like him. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Got anything regarding regarding this topic we have for book? Uh, I wrote down while we we're talking a book titled The Bait of Satan. The Bait oh. of Satan by John Bevere. And I think that's one we haven't recommended before, but I'll definitely recommend. And that's talking about the ways that Satan gets us. He doesn't show up to our house with a heroin needle. And he's like, come on, just try it. And we're like, <laughs> right. hey, I've never done drugs my whole life. I'm not going to try now. Right. No, he, he, and he doesn't just like... I, anyway, I don't, yeah, he doesn't show up with the the lowest of the low you could be at. Be like, want to join? Like, yeah. you get there slow. I see you reading the Bible. You want to burn it? You, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That sounds that sounds like a good book. I don't know. I, I think s- use your discretion on it, but I really liked the screw tape letters, but I think it's pretty dark. Um, like I think maybe, I, I don't know. There's two versions. There's one that's like the regular audiobook. There's one with the guy who plays Gollum reading it. Maybe don't listen to that one. He's too good. Mm. It's a little scary. Um, cause he's just such a good actor. He does right. all the voices and all that. But, um, but that one's really good because they're memorable stories, but they're so true of like, here's a little, suggestion yeah. of what I would do to mess up his Christian faith. And and even it being, what, 70 years old? Is it's that still it is? good. It's still relevant. All of his books, uh, I don't hey, understand. Let's make him busy. It, it, all you have to do is make him busy. Yeah. And man, isn't Satan winning that war right now because we're yeah. all too busy. Yeah, too busy to do yeah. anything. Too busy to come to church, serve a church, invite our neighbor. Yeah. Yeah. Busyness. What a sham. <laughs> what a sham. <laughs> what a sham. But we should wrap this up. I'm pretty busy after this. So Yeah, me too. Was- <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that. so that's a good book. And then Screwtape, I think it's a good book. Yeah. And then I think if you're receiving that pressure from your faith and, re- and getting that pressure back, because you shared two stories about it. We mentioned it before, but... Um, a case of Christ is great. Any any good ones that would help shine your faith when you're the odd one out? Like any any other book recommendations about that? I mean, Tortured for Christ, which we've recommended before. Oh, okay. Yeah, but that's more than people see- are going to buy. So <laughs> you're right. You're right. Give him a limit. Sorry. All right. Awesome. No, go ahead. No, I just he's right. We're giving him ten books. Go with the first one. Pastor Nate said that I don't remember. Say it again. Bait of Satan and Screw Tape Letters. I think those are two. If you pick up those one of the, if ones. you've never read either of those, pick them up. Yeah, those awesome. would be very good. Well, sweet. Well, thanks for chatting. Thanks for joining us virtually, Pastor Steven. Thank you. Awesome. Love you guys. We'll see you next week for the Like Jesus series. See you Sunday. Bye.